For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Better call Heavy Hey I I I didn't realize you were going comment too. Start the show with a couple of the people's comments, John. There's no problem there. Sorry, I cut you off. No, go I what did you say? And need to hire some better interns. Yeah. They, they, this is our show. You think someone else would write the show for us? Or what we're going to talk about? Like, what do we, there's no interns creating our own show. Like, even Dan Patrick, Colin Coward, they they talk about what they're going to talk about. You know, someone doesn't create their show. They just have a board meeting with 30 people before the show. Yeah. You know, they send people out to do some I don't know that uh, Colin or DP's been on Football Reference themselves lately, but they've sent somebody to footballreference.com. Yeah. You know. The Danettes. The Danettes. Although one of the Danettes left and got his own show. Oh, uh, the yeah. Remember Dan was ahead of the curve with Kyler Murray. Remember that? It was kind of a precursor to that interview. That's right. That was really weird. That was pre-draft, right? Uh, Super Bowl. Yeah, I think it was pre-combine. It was Super Bowl week, I think. He was there kind of doing something, remember? Yeah, and Kyler like wouldn't answer a question. What was the question? Like, are you going to play baseball or what? Yeah, he'd already been drafted in baseball. He wouldn't commit to football. Is is very awkward. Even Dan was perplexed as an all-time great interviewer. Yeah, he was just like, I mean, I all-time great interviewer. You're very right about that. And um, I just remember him being confused. Like you said, he was just he didn't even understand what game they were playing. As a guy that knows how to play the game, it was bizarre. That's right. I gotta maybe go back and uh, check the tape on that. Continue to be bizarre. Yeah. What's up, everybody? It's great to see you. If you're watching us on YouTube, Namaste or whatever, Ayahoka, what's it called? Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca to you. It's not a greeting, but um, it's a hallucinogen or whatever, but it's. I think it sounds good as a greeting as well. Comes from the Amazon. I was listening to Rogers on the drive home with those guys. Uh, Which guys? Yeah. Um. So hello to everybody on YouTube. Like, subscribe to this channel. If you're listening to the podcast, if you are an OG podcast listener or a brand new podcast listener, we appreciate you. Uh, one and the same. Thank you for choosing Haberman and Middlecoff. I'm Guy. That's John. Hit us with a review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars. We appreciate it. Honestly, five stars and then rip us if you want. I saw some guy just gave us a four star because he wants the, se- the separate Guy Raider pod. And uh, he wants to know when it's starting. So we could address some mailbag questions here in the upcoming show. But um, no matter how you consume, we appreciate it. Share it with your friends or with your haters, as John likes to say. What if you just did 25-minute recaps? 25-minute recaps on Monday. You know, you don't have to do a Sunday, but Monday. Like a little Monday Monday morning uh, Raider recap. You know, if, if, if it'll do numbers, John, I might be willing to put in 15 minutes Raider recap. 
give your heart and soul. You know, Raiders Chargers. We were just looking at the schedule, week one. That's it's not an easy first game for the old. Uh, now, you could say they beat them. You yeah, know, for Herbert and the boys. Yeah, for Herbert and the boys. That's it. That's it. That's. I mean, it's. You could argue it's the best, because uh, to me that that game might be better. It's not bigger, but it might be better than Tampa Dallas. Tampa Dallas is bigger, but just the actual football game, I'm I'm pretty intrigued. Well, if you said you could only watch, we maybe we should do this uh, leading up like week one game draft. You could only watch one game week one. There are a lot of shitty ones. There's Bills Rams Thursday. Do you count that or is it? No, I, I think games? that I don't think that counts. Okay, so only Sunday games week one. Um, you're right. There are some shitty games. Patriots Dolphins. No, I'm out. No. All right, your candidates are Chief Card Chiefs Cardinals, Chefs Cardinals, Raiders Chargers, Bucks Cowboys. As you said, that might be it. I think that's it. Like, you know, Broncos, Seahawks play. Great. Can't wait. Packers, Vikings play. Great. Can't wait. But those are the three. And if you yeah. said you can only watch one, I agree with you, John Middlecoff, co-host of Raiders Today Daily Update podcast. You would go with Raiders Chargers. You're right. I, I, I would. Like, could I get, could I pay a little extra to get at least like a breakdown of the Kyler Murray? Because like, I know what I'm getting with the Chiefs. I, I do think the Kyler storyline early on is pretty intriguing. Like you throw a couple picks, you know, fucking people be coming out of the woodwork. Totally agree. To me, Tampa Dallas again, it's going to be massive, right? The Cowboys, Brady. If you told me right now, thirty-three million people watch the numbers. I'm not disputing its interest yeah. for casual people. It doesn't do that much for me. Again, I'll consume, I will enjoy, but like, I think it sounds a little sweeter than. You know, now it's week one. Football's football. Uh, it's cool, but it just I, feels I, like there's a lot more on the line for the for both Raiders and Chargers. Chiefs don't have much. You know, I mean, there's urge. There's whatever. It's a football season, but like legacies are being decided at SoFi Stadium on September 11th at 1:25 Pacific. Who's it more of? It's probably more of a must-win for the Chargers home game. Be a lot of Raider fans, but you you just lost to them to kind of end your season when you were you know you had in theory the better team. I mean they were on interim coach. Their fucking players were injured. They had dude in jail. Yeah, I mean, that's I, I I you could argue that's the worst loss. Well, Colts losing the Jags to get in the playoffs worst loss of the season. Worst loss of the worst loss of I mean one of the worst losses of probably the Colts franchise history, probably one of the worst. If we had like a top 100 list, NFL's worst losses of all time, which honestly, that'd be a good show. That might, that that would have a chance. I saw Breer, I think it gone through there in his MMQB. And one of the things the Colts have done is like embrace it. Like we're not going to not talk about it. We're talking about like, feel the pain, feel it guys, feel it. The final score, you know, it's not like they lost 20 to 17. I think it was 27 to 11. You know, it was a double digit score game that whole second half. You know, it was never like, you know, this is it's 14 to 13 right now. It's in the balance. Like it was the Jags were in complete control. Yeah. But Carson, like to me, all that stuff, like Carson's gone. Is Matt Ryan supposed to feel the pain as he prepares for the season? No, uh, the majority of their core guys are there. Matt, 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 let's, is, Matt Ryan hasn't played in a meaningful game in about five years. Uh, DeForest Buckner didn't lose them the game in Jacksonville. No, what's the you know. kid tricks to ask? What's the worst game you guys watched last season? 
Didn't we bet on the Texans one week? I don't know. The worst game I watched was Lions Steelers overtime tie. I, I watched a large percentage of that game. It was bad. It was raining. It it was that 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 was awful football. I, and I don't count Thursday night game when you're just that's all you have to watch. When you're actively choosing, like I'm going to watch this over something. I watched a lot of Lions Steelers. The the tie. The tie. Questions um, on the uh, chat. If we saw Doctor Disrespect out of 49ers practice, saw him. He was like six six. Six five, he's huge. We noticed him because somebody we were standing with said, "What's with the, uh, who's the guy's name? The former Niners, Blaine Gabbert. What's with the Blaine Gabbert person over there? Because it was somebody in a tight number two jersey." But I ran around the corner. I looked at it. the The nameplate on the back said "Doctor Disrespect," yeah. so we knew it wasn't a uh, Blaine Gabbert joke. But I look forward to whatever content. There. Has the I Am Athlete content come out from their uh, Niners visit? You know, I don't follow any of the I am athletes, so uh, I I wouldn't know. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. Here's what I know about Dr. Disrespect. He makes a lot of money. He's a cash cow. You know, it's like you can, the, the Pauls, the Dr. Disrespects, the some other gamers, like, just tip your hat, man. Just tip your hat. I I, I respect it. He threw a bomb, I, and I legitimately 60-yard pass to Kittle. You saw him make the throw? I saw a video, like the uh, RSF Niners, I think, had the video of it. I was gone, but somebody from the stands. He's massive. Like he's huge. Big. He's like, bigger than Staley. You, you think six six? Yeah, I saw a picture of him next to Joe Staley. He was taller than Joe. Somebody said six eight. Yeah, he's big. Two time champion. Yeah, huge. Uh, all right, John. Before we dive into it, everybody, preseason game on Friday. Preseason games all weekend. It is TT. Tito's time. Tito's handmade vodka. They sponsor this podcast. I know it's amazing. It's fantastic. We're so thankful. We love being their partner, and we love um, we love pushing product. We love Tito's handmade vodka. We do. Go right now to the store. Get yourself a little bottle of Tito's or a big bottle, a handle, anything. And this week, this weekend, while you're watching the 49er game, here's the thing, guy. How about this? This week, because the 49ers are going to be on, Friday night, so it's it's drinking time. It's literally five. It's five o'clock somewhere. I, the game kicks off at five thirty, so it's prime time. Uh, show us while you're watching the 49er game with your Tito's, whether it's any Tito's cocktail you're having. We, we also just enjoy the people taking pictures of just the their bottle of Tito's. It doesn't even need to, the cocktail doesn't even need to be poured yet. Just you sitting there with your handle with your bottle. Niners game in the background, you on your lazy boy, you with your friends, you wherever you're at, yeah, at a bar, uh, and, and link us. Our Instagrams, our tweeters, and uh, and interact with us because we love our friends at Tito's. The guy that started, it's literally his name's Tito. Tito Beverage. <laughs> his name's Tito Beverage. You know, we like we like a a good a great American success story, which is Tito, right? Tito was pouring at uh, giving it to making it for his friends and then pouring it like charity events. He would volunteer and people started saying like, dude, this stuff's fantastic. So there's no frills, no flavors, no fancy labels, just the good stuff. Just Tito's recipes, videos, um, and more, uh, a, a very prominent member of the media came up to us today, John, and said they had a Tito's and ginger last night, which is basically a mule. <laughs> Uh, I'm a big fan of that. Go to Tito's uh, vodka.com. We'll mix something up, maybe fresh 
come up with something new to drink on a Friday night during our uh, our show. Are we are we doing a show on Friday? Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, forty percent alcohol by volume, namely eighty proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. I wonder what uh, I if I could name my unborn son like John Tito Middlecoff, and ha- and his name would be like JT, and his middle name be Tito. Or Tito's. I wonder if yeah. that would work. Tito, give him his middle name is Tito's with an apostrophe S. That's possible. Yeah, John Tito's Middlecoff. Tito just Tito. pays a flat fee yearly for his uh, for his name. <laughs> yeah. Sponsorship on the name. I sponsor my child. Yeah, it's like First well, ten years. I'm supposed to pay for his college. Yeah, maybe he should earn some of his own money. Or trade schools, YouTube, start trade YouTube. Schools. Uh. On the stream from a Tempe Town, Trevor Kyler requesting a trade to San Francisco after seeing Doctor Disrespect the Campy. I don't think he meant to write Campy. He meant to write Camp, but actually Campy is a great way to uh, talk about Camp. So Trey Lance is Tuesday, John. We locked in on Trey Lance today, as we do every day. We've seen a lot of Trey Lance practice, and uh, we are here to report that today's practice for Trey Lance was much better. Pretty good. Pretty good. And we don't say that begrudgingly. Uh, we have reported uh, very feverishly about some of his great throws over the last year and a half. We have uh, had the same enthusiasm for some of his poor practices. We enter this thing emotionless. Um, I think people who may be late to uh, maybe new to the show, we both uh, predicted they would pick him before the pick was made and um, we're on board with it and like him and think he's very promising. And uh, some days are good, some days are bad. Today was a good day. And today they actually had a little juice to their offense. And maybe it was just because the practice was different in terms of what they were doing than the practice that we saw Sunday that felt like it was at the end of a, you know, a 40 day hike through the desert for the offense, which in fairness to that practice, it had been the last leading up to their day off, which had been three straight practices today. They're coming off a day off, right? Nothing happens yesterday. They're refreshed, but regardless how they get here, I think from a football standpoint, him throwing the football, I, I see our guy Lombardi, who we were giving shit out in the practice field about his Excel spreadsheet, which I thank him for because I, it wasn't, I'm not, we weren't giving him shit like no, we were, yeah, we were. You did say there was an Excel uh, ESPN Ocho because <laughs> I thought he was filling out the sheet on his phone. He he wrote and again, like I, I'm not taking, we're not tallying. This is his tally, 14 of 19, but I think it's very fair. What we witnessed was a very accurate day was just, to me, my number one takeaway is like, if you didn't know Trey Lance, you're just like, Kyle Shanahan starting quarterback, you'd be like, they just felt like a high-level offense. It, it was just a very, very functional offense where there have been other practices that went like, this is a disaster. And it's he's not alone. I don't If you've read about Mac Jones, the other practices all over, Jalen Hurts has had bad days. Guys have bad days. But this today was a very positive day. I think easily, just like you said, from a vibe standpoint, urgency standpoint but i think kind of started with him that was like they're winning football games he plays like that yeah yeah it was a good day and you know it was it was a real day it felt like real football and maybe that's part of it it occurred to me driving home after practice like part of trey lance um part of any player who has upper echelon physical skills there are just things they can do in a game that that won't show up as much in practice. Right. And I think that's part of the bet with him um, is that there are just things that he'll do in games that don't really, there's not really opportunities for in practice. 
But it wasn't just about that. I just thought he was quick with the ball came out quickly. His decision-making was was a lot quicker than we saw. Remember that red zone period we watched last week? It felt like they're in a rhythm because they would run a play. They ran a hurry up. I turned to you at one point and said, this looks so good. Would you run hurry up on the first possession of the game against the Bears, the first possession of the season? Let's just It's not Kyle style at all, and there's no real reason to do it other than if you think your quarterback is comfortable with it. Um, and you said, and you can say why you didn't like that idea, but uh, I thought he just looked really comfortable in in a in a situation that felt like real football instead of we're just drill we're just doing drills and throws and drills and throws and drills and throws. He had one, and again, hard to say there wasn't you know pass rush can't hit him whatever, but a sort of a play breaks down. He gets out of the pocket, and here comes Ayuk back across the field, and he just led him perfectly as Ayuk probably. You know, back and forth ran 70 yards on the play. And it just was, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful, it's exactly the type of kind of off schedule play that, um, you know, great quarterbacks make. Well, I think you and I talked about this on the practice field today. It felt like some practices, and this is literally the point of training camp, is just we're running plays to run deep passing routes. Like we're just trying to run 15 plus yard routes and work on that which is not normally how you'd play a game, right? Especially, you know, obviously if you're down 10 points in the last two minutes, you're throwing deep. But today felt, and you mentioned this on the field, like there's an ebb and flow to the play calling. Like they scripted it like outside zone here, quick screen left, uh, zone read back. Like it, it just felt like a Kyle drive where a lot of practices felt like Kyle would never call these three straight plays. Yeah. But like we said, in training camp, you're working through stuff. It doesn't matter. Now, you script the place, but I, I thought today was much more reflective of the ebb and flow that you would see in a game. And, and some stuff didn't work. Like he, the Shanahan offense has some. One thing Rodgers actually said this to on his part of my take interview is he's like, listen, I, I've been in this offense. Majority of my life, I was in the West Coast offense. He's like, the West Coast offense isn't necessarily a scheme. It's all about timing. It has every single play, but everything is based off three steps, five steps, seven steps. Everything is just timing. He's like, this offense is scheme-oriented. And he's like, you know, there are some flaws in this scheme. And you saw one today, right? If the backside defensive end does not bite on the play-action boot, the quarterback is fucked. Right. It is just, and then the tight end has to like leap. It is a disaster play because it's basically a one route throw. Whoever is peeling back when the quarterback turns, if it works 20 yards, the guy could walk for 20 yards. When it doesn't work and the linebacker covers them and the defensive end attacks the quarterback, it does look bad, whether your quarterback's Mahomes or whether your quarterback's me or you. And there was a play today where it was. And when I think when Roger said scheme has flaws, I think he's talking about specific things like that. A lot is predicated on you just going with my guys, right? The old Coughlin, the nakeds and the nudes. The, the whole offense, a lot of the passing game is not West Coast, just like three steps throw. I mean, I'm not saying Kyle doesn't have those play calls, but when it's rolling, it's all based on the run game, kind of moving left and moving right. And then all of a sudden, when he gets you going, and that's what it felt like today. You're just kind of, you're against the ropes. Where for a large percentage of the camp, when they're just throw only, which we know Kyle is the opposite, 
it's like they can kind of tee off. It's like we know they're throwing in this drill, and this is where practice, it's all we can go off of, but is not normal, right? Because standing on the sideline, there's not really a down and distance. You know they're getting three reps, and the defense knows it's it's all pass, right? It's all we're just working on third and long. Well, what if you're doing third and long, what do all the defensive line knows? Like 100% they're passing. They, they won't even fuck around and do like a – a delayed handoff or anything. So it's, it was a, to me, training camp is a little manipulated that way, especially over time and specific. Cause even team drills, it's the best part of training camp by far to watch is a manipulated situation, right? It's not like, like, Oh, let's uh, do pinned at the two. Well, it's, there was no kick or anything that got in there. They just all walk down there and they stand like, let's start. It's cool. But it's not normal football, the ebb and flow to get there. So you could argue today was just much more, it felt like just first down, you could run anything. They could run the ball, they could throw the ball, and it felt just a little more football-y, and Trey excelled than just like, hey, guys, he's throwing it every time. It's not even all his fault. Like, hey, Aaron Banks, there is no threat to run here. You know your pass, you know your, uh, pass blocking, and the D-tackle's like, I'm just fucking going right at him, right? Yeah, and, well, and it also felt like they were they were calling pl- the the plays themselves felt like plays you'd be more likely to call in a game, right? Higher percentage throws. That some was quick part screw, of it too. some quick outs. Yeah, some just- of these like you know twenty like these deep sideline throws to Debo, we might see them two or three times in a practice. I don't think we'll see those once a week once the season starts, right? So yeah, I mean, I, I just not, maybe not, we will, not I at this know. not at this rate. Well, I just there are a million. There are so many other things they can do, and um, it just felt to me like this is what it's this is what it's going to look like once once games start. So uh, you know, and, and maybe, maybe there was some emphasis too today on, and I, I'm sure he, I'm not saying he felt pressure, uh, but like you know his practice Sunday, yeah, would have been Sunday was just you know statistically and from the eye test pretty shitty. It looked, I mean, and it's not all his fault. The offense as a whole was pretty bad. I, I would imagine a point of emphasis this morning in the offensive team meeting before they went out to practice was like, we need a day, fellas. Like, yeah. we got, we kind of got clowned. Yeah. And it's, now they've, that's happened multiple times. The last time I, you started fighting people today, no fights, just high level play, which is good. Yeah. Which you'd like, well, to respond. It's why I said after that, after the Sunday practice, you asked a good question, something I hadn't really thought about until we started talking about it. Was like, what's what's worse, the interceptions or the incompletions? And um, I hadn't thought of it that way. And my answer was the the incompletions in practice today. He almost threw that play you described, where the backside end did not bite on the fake. I think I think it was ninety two. Kerry Hyder is just coming downhill at Trey and Trey's back giving ground, giving ground, giving ground, puts it up to one of the backup tight ends and there's one of the DBs and Fred Warner and Fred comes flying out, gets his hands on it, hits the ground hard out of bounds, ball pops out, not an interception, but that's an interceptable ball, right? Fred almost intercepted, could have intercepted it. I'd have a big problem with that throw. My bigger problem is when you miss throws that you're trying to hit in one-on-one coverage and it's not a catchable ball. And there wasn't, you know, I mean, we're not talking about like some of these pylon throws where they're just going through one-on-one DB receiver drills. We're putting that aside. 
I just thought everything was uh, – I don't think he had any of those really bad misses today in team drills. And it was very just cri- – Very crisp day. Yeah, it was – exactly. It was a crisp – a crisp day. There was one deflected ball, but it still got out to the receiver in the flat. He those short passes, he made them. I don't think he missed any of those short, like no. kind of swing passes. Hit them all. So it was just it was a professional move. It was an, like I think you said it best to start this. If you walked out and said there's QB one, you'd go, Yeah, okay, that's QB one. That's yeah. this thing just looked like a well-oiled machine today. And there have been days when it didn't feel like that. Not saying Sudfeld's ever looked better than him because I don't take Sudfeld necessarily that seriously, but there have been days when you go, I, you know, if if and, and listen, he's going to have bad games, but when you have a bad practice, that's all you can go off of. I'm like, God, that was ugly. And you just well, can't you get, change your mind till the next practice. He's going to have bad halves, right? There's going to this happens. Like you have a bad half. How do you respond in the second half? You have a yeah. bad drive. How do you like? It's that's the other thing about these practices. We go to Sundays. We go to whatever. You know, in a real game, you come off the field, you look at the stuff, you talk to Kyle, you talk to Bobby Slowick, you talk to Anthony Lynn, you talk to your teammates, you go back out and have another drive. You come back off the field. Somebody up in the booth says this, this, that. You come back onto the field. You go into the locker room. You're making adjustments the whole time. And, you know, that's not really happening in some of these practices. So it's like all of this stuff is adjustments. Who did I hear say this on Monday? I was listening to somebody talk. I don't remember, but it was some. It was a player just talking about like the whole thing is adjust. Everything is adjustments. Everything it's adjust. Then you adjust to them. Then they adjust back. Then you adjust back. And so you know those are things you don't really have opportunities to fix in in practice. But it's it's the story of the position. You're going to make a critical error. Do you then come back and make another sweet play? You're going to throw a pick six. Do you come back and lead a drive? You're going to get hit in the mouth. Do you pop back up and stand in the next time the blitz comes? And those are the things that, like, in a game, you get to do, you know, three weeks worth of practice experiences all in one game. And he just he hasn't had a lot of that. That's why we I think you and I have been talking for a long time about him. It's just. The number one thing I've we both have, and I think we've been saying this for a while, he just needs to play football games, and he'll be better in the fifth one than he was in the first one. He just for needs sure. to play games. Yeah. The question is, can he play games? And the way we watch all these practices, can they win while he's learning? That's that's the point because this is a championship contender. I think it's very dependent on the opponent when he has a bad game. Could they beat the Bears if he has an average game? Of course. Are they beating the Broncos or the Rams or the Chargers or the Chiefs? You know, when he has down games and he's it's inevitable, right? Some of their losses are going to come against good teams when he plays bad. And hell, a good uh, he might have a good game where they lose too. I mean, it's football, right? I mean, Aaron Rodgers won the MVP. They don't win every game. So it's just you just got to find to me a way to build this thing. And, and part of it is like, I think you kind of have a knowledge or you have like an understanding of how you want to play. But there is a feeling out process with him specifically, right? What he can do, what he can't do, how much I can put on him. And some of these, like there's, he's only played two games. I, I think there's a learning out process. I don't know with the head coach who's also the play caller. Cause there were some moments today and we can get into like the running, like the, how much you're going to run him, how much is this he naturally going to take off that it, you only truly know that as time goes on, like, Dayball, I guess, no longer is in Buffalo, but toward the end, like him and Josh, they just, he knew how to operate, right? What Josh could do, what Josh, what he didn't want him to do, what Josh kind of freelance on his own. 
Andy Mahomes that way. I think Lamar and Greg Roman have been together the whole time. Like they're they're not starting from scratch because they had last year, but they're starting from scratch of like this is now a, a marathon, right? We got seventeen of these things. There's an ebb and flow, and even Kyle says like I do things to set up future things. Like it's a big picture, but it's all with Trey in mind, right? And I, to me, there's a learning process for Trey individually. There's a learning process with Kyle and Trey working together. And then Kyle, just the play calling standpoint of the strengths and weaknesses, like he knows the strengths and weaknesses of Debo. Like he knows the strengths and weaknesses of Kittle and even Ayuk. And I, even you would say their offensive line, like their offensive line and Trey, just what those guys in the middle, what their strengths are. There's just going to be a learning process to me early in the season. And you could argue the entire season, uh, at least the first half to then propel into the second half of like what we're really good at, what we're not good at, what, you know, I, I shouldn't even ask this guy at this point in time. We can figure this out next year. Like, I, I don't need to force this. And, you know, running, let's face it, his first ever start, he ran basically, it looked like RG3's offense, right? Kaepernick's the zone read offense and with him running it, it. It doesn't feel at practice like that's going to be a major part, but it's clearly still there. Like that, yeah. that play... They, they're going to run that in the first game, a play or two. Now, are they going to run it 10? Like, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I I would doubt it, but it's 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 in their arsenal. And I, I would imagine Kyle goes, I actually feel very comfortable. Like, I know he knows that. He's been doing it since college, right? It's, it's the other stuff. But then you could argue, like, if he's not as comfortable with the other stuff, games, do you kind of go back and then you mesh it off that? I, I don't know. That's where I, I I would I would imagine Kyle in a moment of sincerity would be like, I don't want to run him as much, but it is a strength of his. If if he shows early on that he's comfortable doing it, I'd be crazy to not do that to get his confidence up as a yeah. player. Right. Also, if the other stuff isn't working right, like part of the reason Debo Samuel became a running back is because it was the best thing they could do. And as part of and Lombardi, we were talking to him on the sideline, made the point because we were talking about that 16 carry game, whatever it was. Part of that, as as he he said, well, you know, he did his finger was pretty hurt that day. That's part of the reason they ended up in that position. I think part of it with Trey is does he look more comfortable running the football, like you said? Does he know how to protect himself running the ball? Because watching it today, they ran the ball multiple times with him in in team, and again, it's a practice. I thought he looked pretty comfortable doing it. He's not going to get hit in these spots. He knows that, but he looked comfortable. And to your point on those bootleg plays. Like if you're a defense, if you're the Bears right now, game planning for the 49ers, don't you have to kind of just go in with the plan that one of your ends is just going to be committed to Trey Lance? I think you have to start the game with that as opposed to him just killing you. The problem is it's going to open up the rest of their run game. The non-Trey Lance run game, I think, is really going to thrive this year because I think they're going to run him enough that teams feel obligated to dedicate a defensive player to him. I'd say and, you spy Roquan on him, but Roquan's <laughs> demanding a trade. <laughs> so yeah. Roquan will just be out there just reading his fucking two-page declaration. Now you you could argue I don't know as he you know the middle linebacker need to spy Trey Lance quite. I'm yet. not talking maybe, about maybe spies. Not. I'm talking about the weak the backside defensive end is not going to come crashing down the line of scrimmage. They're going to be dedicated to Trey Lance. That's what I'm talking about on the boots and him rolling back yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, but I would imagine the amount of people running this offense now, all these players. If you've been in the league a couple of years, you've seen this offense on your schedule multiple times. They hammer that in all week. Part of what just makes hit the, the offense so hard. Yeah, that's true. 
is like you just kind of naturally once they hit a couple of runs, like you're like I'm making this play, and then right. it's like he doesn't hand it off, and boom. That to me is that is an area like I wouldn't you imagine when their running game is humming and he keeps that there are going to be some moments where he busts off 20-yard runs with ease and, like, walks out of bounds. Where, where Jimmy just – Jimmy was going to throw that play or trade and take off. That's just a basic play that Kyle – his dad has run for – I mean, the, the family's been running for 30 years. That depending on who your quarterback is, that guy runs. Like, if it's Matt Ryan, if it's Jimmy, like, he's throwing it no matter what. Trey might go, like, tell George Kittle whatever, turn around, block for me, and I'll get behind you and we'll yeah. take off. Or here comes Trent Williams. Yeah. Tyler on the stream asked, how long was Trey's long touchdown run today? Would he have been tackled if they could hit him? I think it was 60, it was 60 or 65 yards, depending. I think the line of scrimmage was 60. So it was uh, it was about a 60-yard run. And you and I were debating after the run because he looked really fast and just free and easy running. Uh, Ray Maluga was, uh, was trying to track him down out there. But uh, but couldn't Talanoa Hufunga, just just a fun guy to watch in practice. Um, what was your conclusion? Would that have been a touchdown run? I, I have a really hard time. I was at a bad angle to be able to give a definitive take. I I, I always lean with some of these plays, non go route touchdown. I lean no on some of this stuff because it, it happens on running back sometimes, right? It's like well. Is that a 50-yard run, or would there have been some collisions? Now, maybe he breaks two tackles, but... Yeah. I I, Because there was... It felt like there was... He was cornered, kind of, and so I... No one's going to touch him. I'm not trying to be a hater. I just would tend to lean in these situations all over the league. No. How fast, Alex says, did he look on that? He did look... Just in multiple of his runs today... And maybe it's just because we're on the field and that we're watching on TV. Felt like he was running, uh, you know, if it's four eight, four seven, whatever, like a bump up from what we saw on television last year, didn't it? Felt like he was faster. Yeah, and I think some of it, a lot of it, was design runs, and I think he'll probably be faster on design runs. The question from last year, this year, he looked uncomfortable when it came time to decide whether to try and juke, whether to slide, whether to try and take on a defender, yeah. whether to run out of bounds. You know, that's what... But he was already running. It, it felt like he was thinking about that was eventually going to happen, and he wasn't running as fast as we thought he was. And right? then he... And th- yeah. Yes. Yeah. Today, it felt like he was just letting it loose. And was like, yeah, he looks... I'm not calling him Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray, but he definitely looks like a top seven, eight fastest quarterback in the league. He's right bigger away, than right? those guys, too, right? When he's running, Heavier, he's, yeah, he's, he's thicker. thicker. He's just a bigger, he's a bigger guy. So he is he has more than enough to be you, a dynamic do you, runner. Do you envision him though? I guess they could scheme it. I mean, Daniel Jones, once upon a time, who actually is not a bad athlete either, had a 80 yard run. He just tripped. <laughs> non something like that, where you boot and no one's around. Like where you're making guys. Do you think like I don't view him as like a 50, 60 yard run guy? I well, could be wrong. I, I think partly depends who you're playing because the one thing about that 60-yard touchdown run today that there was a moment after he was cornered where it was clear that Talanoa Hufunga was going to sprint, that they were both going to sprint, right? And Talanoa Hufunga was not going to tackle him, but but it was a it became it became a race, and Hufunga was coming from the other side of the field. And at that point, I think Trey started to sprint, and Hufunga started to sprint, and he couldn't catch him. Now, he's not the fastest, you know, there are faster safeties out there than Talanoa Hufanga, 
right? No question. I think he's technically probably the slowest guy, <laughs> not D lineman on the D, right? Yeah, not a great example. But when he, when Trey just when Trey realized about halfway through that run, I'm gonna sprint the straight line here. Who fucked us faster than I thought? He ran four six in the combine. It's not okay. four six four. It's not okay. Overly slow. I, I was I think, expecting like four seven two. And he wasn't dead sprint the whole time, so he might have gotten to Trey. But when they both decided to sprint, I do think Trey's going to have a run or two where he's just gone. And it's good. I think partly it's going to be one of those like everyone's crashing down at an angle. Iuke and Debo are out one way, and Trey's just gone the other way. And people are just against the grain and they can't get back. So I, yeah, I, it would not surprise me to see him because he's big. So he has long strides. I, you're right. Like 80 is a long way to go. 80 is a long way. But and, 60, like 60 to me is pretty doable for him. I, I definitely think there'll be some like 30s, uh, you know, and potentially like a touch 30 yard touchdown run. Big picture though today with the dynamic legs, there have been days at practice. I've been adamant. I listen. I I actually he's I've gained a lot of respect for him. The end of last season and just watching how he's conducted himself. Like I, I respect Jimmy Garoppolo a lot. I mean, not, not that that means like a, a lot of people do, but it's I, it's very admirable just the way he operates and it's it's not normal. You'd say in the culture that is like the look at me sports culture sometimes with you know famous players, big money players. I'm not saying he's a big money guy anymore, but just been a starter for a long time. Like, I don't know if everyone, well, we know most people would not have handled it this way. There have been days, not that I would ever want to watch the Jimmy Garoppolo experience again. (laughs) Again, I respect them. I've seen enough, but we're just like, God, is this really going to be like this first year could be a big challenge. Then there are days like today where you go, it's a no fucking brainer, you know, and it's not just a no brainer. Like, this is why you had to pick him over Mac Jones. And I'm not even talking about like the Patriots struggles or whatever in practice, which honestly might not even be all his fault. But like there are things that he can just do that ultimately like you were drafting Mac to be Kirk Cousins. Like this is why you took the swing. Well, right? there's things that the guy that dra- were drafted ahead of him can't do. Zach. Yeah. You know, like like Trey Lance. And again, somebody made a comment. Monday, um, Sunday on our podcast on YouTube, and I thought it was a good comment. Like, and I've said this before too, but you know, Josh Allen can't always be like, well, Josh Allen did this, so this is what you got to be. Josh Allen did this, so, but there's a reason we talk about Josh Mahomes and these guys. Like, there's just an element to those guys, a physicality to them that Zach Wilson just does not have, that Mac Jones does not have, that Jimmy Garoppolo does not have. Doesn't mean Zach Wilson can't be better, right? But if you're really going for broke, this guy does bring something potentially that most people on the field just don't have, which is the physicality and the speed and the strength and all of that, the height, you know. He he could have games where you're making the point on Jimmy where you watch this and go, this is why you go all in because you're trying to hit a home run. You're taking a big swing. And this is, remember, what Kyle got mad about right before the draft about, like, you guys just think I want Matt Ryan and Kirk Cousins? Remember? <laughs> and it was like, ultimately. So I remember, it's one of my favorite press conferences I've ever watched. <laughs> We're looking for Drew Brees meets Lamar Jackson. And that is not saying this guy's Drew Brees meets Lamar Jackson. Obviously, he's not. 
but like he is like he's a quarterback that can really move. And uh, and when I say really move, I, I'm not acting like the guy's a four four guy, but he is a big time athlete. You know, not, some big time athletes aren't. You know, like Hufunga is a big time athlete. He's just not that fast, right? There there are elements of his athletic ability where he just turns into a football player. Like that's the thing people said, like, how do I describe Debo Samuel? Like he's just an elite football player. And I think sometimes the pushback on quarterbacks is like, it all comes down to throwing. It all comes down to throwing and it does. And it's, that's going to be that what's going to make or break Trey Lance is going to be like, is he accurate enough? And that, that's still, that to me is going to be one of the main things all season, right? How accurate is he in, you know, in a tight game against the Rams and it's second and nine. And you just basically know you're probably throwing the next two downs. Like, can he complete those? And in the fourth quarter, hell, maybe you're maybe you're down. You know, it's it's you know twenty one to eighteen, and you're just like, fuck, we we got to get at minimum into field goal range. He's gonna have to complete some passes. We don't have any timeouts left. That's gonna define his career, just big picture. But like, you can get by a little bit early on with just being a really good athlete and kind of figure it out from there. I think Josh Allen's a good example. Obviously, Lamar's a good example. Uh, Kyler was just a pretty natural thrower immediately. Like that's to me that kind of Kyler was even on a way different level than Lamar immediately, right? From just and he still is. When Kyler's humming, he's throwing BBs and it's like, God damn, this guy fucking throws a great ball, <laughs> right? Arm angles, platforms, yeah. Yeah. just just hitting guys in stride. Like no one's ever questioned like oh, Kyler can't spin it, <laughs> you know? Like that that is like let's face it, Trey is getting criticized on things and when i say criticized people are just talking about like you know he throws a wobbly ball sometimes not always that accurate like there are things like kyler's never battled those <laughs> I mean, part of that's crazy he gets criticized a lot it's all about stuff like he just wants to go game <laughs> and that's where i get back to trey you just bet on guys that you know truly truly give a shit and, and this is the first year of kind of I mean, last year technically was, but this is the year where we judge it because you're playing all the time where you kind of build the base for the rest of your career, right? This is the first time kind of laying the foundation of every week you're starting. It's not like, well, Jimmy's fingers messed up. You're starting this week, and then you're going to go back down. Like every single week, you are the guy. 17 weeks. The season is long. I can't imagine, like, I know he's excited. There's got to be some butterflies. Like, this is a pretty big thing. Like, I'm, you're trusting me with a franchise. You're trusting just this season. I look around my team suite. I, I say it all the time, man. It, it's I, I, there's a lot of pressure on him. There, there's no way around it. People would be like, "Well, this year, you know, it's his first year." Like anything, like they missed the playoffs, it would be viewed as a disaster. I, it, we we all know it would. We just know it would because we kind of felt it last year, just with Jimmy. And it's just the pressure now with this team to just the, the watered down NFC. You know, it's just every game. I, I do believe that Trey is going to have a microscope over him that is for all the young quarterbacks. You know, Mac made the playoffs last year. And to me, this year, if they suck, will be more about Bill and his offensive coordinator. I think the Jets, people just view the Jets as shitty. The Jacks just don't matter. If everyone thinks Fields' team sucks. And that was one of the most highly touted and rightfully so quarterback drafts of all time, right? Five guys in the top 15. Uh, four in the top nine, or I guess Fields maybe went eleven, but a bunch of guys guys going one, two, three. Uh, I, I think he's going to be the most talked about because he's on by far the best team of the group, right? And that group just gets talked about a lot, don't yeah. they? If the best thing they can do for him is just win around him, but the bet by far the best thing they can do is win, right? right. 
and just take some of the pressure off of him. Um, games or just uh, other players play well? Games. Like, they got to win games. If the 49ers win games, yeah. then it, it will take pressure off of Trey Lance. Because if if it's if they're because they're going to need him to make plays if they're play, if they're not winning a bunch of games, then he's got to be the one to make plays, and that in a very real way puts like real pressure on you. Not here's what people are saying pressure, but it's third and seven. You have to make a throw. That's yeah. That's real, true pressure, um, and and hopefully they can you know avoid that a little bit. But like you said, I mean he's playing NFL quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. Like there's no way to. Avoid the pressure. I do think watching him, you never sense that, at least watching him in practice. You never, again, practice, get the impression that he doesn't know what he's doing, ever. I've not thought once, like, I don't think he knows what he's doing out there. Which clearly happens at practices around the league over the years with young quarterbacks. And maybe would have happened last year if they just made him the quarterback from the Honestly, it probably did at times. Yeah, you're right. It probably did during the season when we just couldn't see it. But I don't. I mean, things will teams will trick you. Whatever you get baited, it happens. I th- I think you said it right. Like it's gonna be about accuracy above all else. Decision making. You make a crazy. You try to do something. You learn a lesson. Don't try and throw it back. Tom Brady throws pick sixes. Yeah, I yeah. don't care as much about that stuff. Um, because I don't think he's gonna do. A, he's not gonna do too much crazy stuff. I don't think. And B, Shanahan. Like part of this is the play gets called. Do this. Do that. Easy throw. Wide ass open, Brandon Ayuk just hit him. Like I think it's a lot of that. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, looking back years ago, the way I think they would like to play, it's a little different because they have much more star power in the receiving game, so that they will pass more than this team did. But the the ethos of the team play D, run the ball down your throat, and just beat you up, and let the young quarterback ease into his career, would be the early Russell Wilson Seattle Seahawks when they were a power on D. And a physical running, and, and really, right? They were just—it was one guy. They just had Marshawn. This team has that Marshawn in the peak of his powers. I mean, a Hall of Fame player, but I, I think the Niners' their mentality is going to be very similar to that, right? Smother you on D, have one of the best scoring defenses in the league. Like try to allow 15, 16 points a game, run the ball down your throat, and just overwhelm you. Now, Seattle could not did not nearly throw the ball how even Kyle would want to throw the ball with his weapons, right? I mean, they Doug well, Baldwin was like an undrafted free agent who was young at the time. Like they did not yeah. have they yeah. did not have Debo and Ayuk at the time. Right. No. And he now, would, would they would that team would that team have played a little different if they would have had DK and Lockett with that group? Probably might have taken more deep shots and stuff, right? But uh Russell was a sixty four percent passer as rookie year, but they averaged twenty four and a half passing attempts a game. His rookie, his rookie year. year. They only had three games in which he attempted 30 or more throws. Um, multiple. Well, I don't remember this game. Do you remember this game? They beat Arizona 58 to nothing. I don't. Know. Russell was 7 of 13 passing with one passing touchdown and one interception. They must have run the shit out of the ball that day. Uh, Kyle like dreams about games like that. 58 to nothing in Arizona. So road game. Marshawn, uh, obviously they're running back. Where's their uh, rushing stats for that day? Uh, It was John Skelton and Ryan Lindley playing quarterback. Yeah, I mean, Marshawn went for 128. Robert Turbin went for 108. So they had 200-yard rushers that day. 
Carson must have tore his ACL that year, huh? What year is this? 14 this or 13? 12, 12. This is 12. So maybe Carson's not even on the team. Yet. Yeah, I may not have been. Don't you agree, though? Like that kind of uh, a different ver- – their defense not going to be quite as good as that Seattle defense because the rules and their DBs aren't as good as those guys. But I think they could be probably a more complete team than that team. Russell's rookie year, remember, they lost in the playoffs to Atlanta. Like they, they didn't go to the, they went to the Super Bowl the next couple of years. I think Russell wins in the second year and they go back the third year. Right. But I think it just in terms of we've talked a lot about Mahomes is really the only parallel of a guy, a young quarterback getting such a sweet team. That would probably be the other example, right? Of just a rookie getting they a went team back to back years. To a Super Bowl. But that but that was his rookie year, they didn't go to the Super Bowl. It was no, no, no. 14, yeah, it was. Right? Sorry, I was reading you. So the, the year that stats, the year that Sherman tipped the ball, Crabtree, they went. That was Russell Wilson's second year in the league. Second year, and then sorry ass receiver, and then they beat the shit out of the Broncos. And then they went back and actually, Rogers talked about they they asked him what his worst loss was. The following year, remember Green Bay, Seattle, NFC Championship game. Green Bay was up huge, and Seattle somehow had a – Russell Wilson threw five overtime. interceptions, five interceptions in the NFC Championship game, and they still won. Wow. I mean, like, you're on a team, John. It's a team. Sometimes your team has to pick you up. Holy smokes. How did they, how did they lose that game? Well, they had multiple drives inside the two that they ended up kicking field goals. Uh, it, it's an all-time McCarthy loss. I think it's known as. So they they kicked a forty-eight-yarder to send it to OT. Jermaine they got an, Curse. They got oh, an I, remember, I remember the Jermaine Curse yeah, game-winning touchdown, though. But I think they had the Packers earlier in the game had multiple field goals where they were like first and goal from like the three or two-yard line. You know, it's just just unheard of loss. Well, yeah, the first two, Crosby 18-yarder, Crosby 19-yarder. That can't happen. The first two possessions. Very familiar. (laughs) Packers been playing the same game for a while, huh? I I know. Wow. John, before we go any further, let's tell the people about our friends at Indeed. Indeed.com slash ham. Well, right now, you get a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash ham. Guy, in the minute, less than a minute, we've been talking to you. 16 hires were made on Indeed. According to Indeed data worldwide, the right candidate is doing everything they can to find you. So if you're hiring, if you're looking for candidates, you need Indeed. You can be sure you're doing everything you can to find them because they have the ability to match you, instant match. It's fantastic. Can't recommend it enough. That's right. Indeed is an unbelievably powerful hiring partner. They deliver four times more hires than all other job sites combined. So join the 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash ham. Offers good for a limited time. That's a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash ham. Indeed dot com slash ham terms oh. and conditions apply you need to hire you need indeed yes you do butcherbox.com slash ham 
and another special deal free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, Promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You know, we thought we'd talk about Trey Sermon today because um, Trey Sermon, we were having a big conversation uh, on the sideline going through the depth chart. How many running backs are going to make this uh, 49er team? Elijah Mitchell, Jeff Wilson, Ty Davis-Price, Trey Sermon, Jermichael Hasty, Jordan Mason. And um, you said that our guy uh, Kyle Juszczyk had some uh, praise for Trey Sermon that you heard. Yeah, well, I was driving home. He's on with Greg Papa and John Lund, he said that he thought Trey Sermon has had the best three or four straight practices of his 49er career. And I, I don't think he's just saying that randomly. I mean, I, I thought I felt like a teammate trying to prop up a guy who's kind of making some strides. Because let's face it, he said Elijah Mitchell just makes sense in this offense. Like the guy's a stud. Uh, he's a starting running back for the 49ers. Jeff Wilson is clearly just a Shanahan family favorite. Like that guy is going nowhere. And they drafted Price to run the ball, and he's going to run the ball. And even Juszczyk mentioned, like, God damn, that guy's physical. Trey Sermon has something to prove. And I think coming into this preseason game and this preseason, I think he's going to get a ton of carries. And, and I think he can prove that, like, hey, you guys didn't make a mistake in drafting me. I am really talented because si- size-wise, you see him out there. He looks the part uh, physically. 
I've noticed him. I feel like the last couple of practices is moving a little quicker. Not not that I'm like breaking down his plays because they rotate guys in so quickly. And it, you know, I, I don't think he looks as good at like Jeff Wilson stands out when he runs. He busts big runs. Uh, Price just because he's running so hard downhill. And when your group, like ultimately Sermon is this blue chip guy from Oklahoma and Ohio State. Yet the knock on him in this offense, which is the only thing they truly care about, is running physically downhill. And all three of the guys above him, that's kind of what they hang their hat on. And I I think that he can prove to Kyle specifically, and I'd say Anthony Lynn now who's in the mix, and I'm sure going to have a big voice in in the Shanahan running back world, that like I think he has to run his ass off in these games. And, and stay I healthy. Think, and stay healthy. But I, if you told me over under if he if he stays healthy these three games, how many carries he gets, I'd put it at like twenty five ish for three games. You know, total. I think he's going to get his ample opportunities in short yarded situations, and if they get into the red zone, never be a guarantee in preseason games. They're going to feed him the rock, and I think they're going to demand if he's going to be a part of this thing moving forward. Because they're at the point now where, let's say, he had been shitty, like he would be cuttable, even though they drafted him in the third round. Do you agree with that? They, yeah, that they they wouldn't chase the the loss unless somebody in the building really believed in him, right? Yeah. And, and that, would, that would be based on something other than what we've seen on the field to this point. So to me, he can prove, like, I'm a member of the squad this year, which as of today, I would say he's on the team. But I do think these preseason games for a guy, him... It is really, really big. It, it's it's really, really big for him to run hard because that is you have heard that enough coming out of the building without them specifically saying it, but it's a theme with him that he's just not decisive enough. He's not decisive enough. Well, that's really the only thing they care about in this running scheme, right? Is getting downhill. And maybe it came easy to him in college. Uh I, I liked him in college, but you know, this is not college anymore. And this is not even like his rookie. He's not, I wouldn't even say he's on scholarship anymore because they just got Hasty that you know Kyle will keep. He'd have no problem keeping. Like if Trey Sermon wasn't on this team, it'd be clear Hasty would be the fourth running, but he'd make the team. Right. And the, to me, the only reason he doesn't make the team is because Trey Sermon proves like, hey guys, like if you need me, we had an injury. Kyle, I could carry it for you 14 times against the Rams, against Arizona. Because ultimately, if I'm keeping you, we're an ankle and a bruised rib away from you getting toting the rock in the game, right? And that's that to me is he can have good practices, but I think he can prove it in the game against other colors running his ass off downhill against those guys. I, I think this is of all the guys, because like ultimately you could be like, well, Kinlaw needs like most of the guys that we talk about are on the team. And I would say I'd lean this guy's on the team, but I, I think he needs preseason matters for him. Just like preseason is going to matter for the, the couple offensive linemen that are right in front of him, right? The guards and centers. Like it's it's a big moment for the physicality of him and those two guys blocking for him, whoever that rotating cast of characters is. Yeah. I mean, it's because they're so deep at that position. They got six running backs that, you know, even Jordan Mason, who's been impressive in camp, I think. Now he, you know, ends up practice squad is what they would I I would imagine like to do. They basic we know they need a minimum of four running backs to get through a season, right? Maybe five. A couple years ago it was five. Minimum of four. Well, it's it's a little unique because the fullback is automatically on the team, right? 
Like some teams that. just have running backs. They don't have a fullback. So basically they keep five backs, right? Right. Now you could argue use checks kind of a hybrid tight end to even, I mean, he's technically a fullback, but he does so much shit. He's, he's, he's kind of an out. You could just say he's in his own little category of a player. I would. You know? Yep. I would yep. too. So, but, but we know who three of them are. Might've came up to us. said, what's up today, buddy, you know, promo code ham, promo code ham to quote Kyle use check. Um, Ty Davis price is definitely, you would say right now ahead of where Trey Sermon was this time last year. Yeah, I, I would say the would only, the, I would say the only reason he's not the lock to be the number two back is just because Wilson is just entrenched in Shanahan's life. Like he's yeah, been and here it for pretty so quick long. And, yeah, he's been here. He looks good. You know, he's like shown if, that if Wilson he had to start a game. I don't even think Kyle would hesitate. Right. Well, he's shown that he can pinch hit. Yeah. I remember he came out of nowhere, scored three touchdowns. I put him on my season-long fantasy back when I was a sucker and uh, playing season-long fantasy. And uh, he, I think he didn't play again the rest of the year. Or he did, but not much, right? So yeah. I think he's trusted. I think Jermichael Hasty, Kyle, trust him. Like, that's – they're going to lose guys again. They're deep at a lot. Like, watching them, it's clear there are guys that they would like to put on practice squad at, at – at multiple positions that they will not be able to get on their practice squad because well, they're pretty here, deep. Here's the one thing. Juszczyk mentioned this with Elijah. It's like, you know, I, I do believe he can be a lot better in the passing game. That's an area that which they need to depend on him. The only of the top three, like Price, until he proves he can catch the ball consistently, like Wilson can. But, you know, the other running backs are just kind of true running backs. Now, they've done that before, right? I remember, you know, most are... I, I, Actually, thinking about it, it, felt like he had decent hands. Bright had decent hands. Like, I think ideally, hey, did, you, did, you, did you say? Hey, well, Hasty to me is the best pass catching of him and Wilson. Are like you would use in the screen game. You would use running wheel routes. Doesn't feel like Ty Davis's price is strength at this point. No, and, and honestly, you were using him to run it down people's throats, which is fine, and that's why he got drafted high. Uh, I, I think if Trey Sermon in these games could catch a couple wheel routes and be like, "Hey guys, I, I can do a couple things," right? I, I didn't just go to. Lincoln Riley and Ryan Day, just like I, I can do it, and um, I, I truly believe, guy, this this preseason for that guy, which is cool. Like if it's gonna be like a guard, like whatever, and not that the Niners don't have that, but you get to see a skill guy that's gonna get a lot of yeah. carries. You know, yeah, no, I think you're right. I think it's part of what makes it challenging is that you, no one's gonna make the running back room by default because it's just been a really good position in camp. So there's not like just some spot that someone's going to just get. Yeah. That's going to be a really good a strength of this team. And it feels like it's already make it or break it time for him. I don't know if that's how they feel, but how, how could you just look at the numbers? Like, how could it not be that? You would say this, too. That, I mean, if Anthony Lynn's going to be a running back coach, that's a pretty damn good position coach. So if you're Kyle, yeah. you know, I, I do think you would lean with the talent. You know, and I, I do would imagine that Anthony Lynn's going to have somewhat of a voice, you know, like, hey, Kyle, I believe in this. Like he is, you know, people talked about, you know, he's not a Shanahan family member, but he's damn close. You know, he's been entrenched with this family since the mid 90s and, and and Mike. And think about who their last running back coach was, who was basically also a member of the Shanahan family. Like That's that's a like they don't fuck around with who coaches that position, the way they think about that position even though they got a million guys playing the position, 
that's a big deal in the family, right? <laughs> that's that's a they 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 take a lot of pride in who the running back coach is, who's always someone with close ties, usually been around the family since you and I were in like eighth fourth grade, and it's just a big deal because that's kind of how they hang their hat on. It's what stirs the drink with their offense, you know. It just is. You know, like for Andy, like receivers are a big deal. Why? He's going to throw the ball a lot. So who his receivers are, it matters. For Kyle, like who his running backs, they have a lot of them, and clearly who's coaching the running backs is a really big deal. I mean, part guy, they got rid of Tom Rathman because like I was like, yeah, this, I'm bringing one coach, my running back coach, who's my dad's guy. And then he retires like, yeah, I'm getting another guy who's basically my dad's guy. Who's you also know, my guy? You know, I, uh, I I was just looking for I was trying to find historical uh, Mike Shanahan running backs coaches, and I just started going football reference like back a page, back a you know back a season, back a season, back a season, and I ended up on um, on like uh, the the pre Mike Shanahan Washington football team roster. You know, you know the stadium they play at, RFK or whatever. Well, that's what it was, but then it became FedEx Field. You know, Arthur Smith was a defensive quality assistant for those like Joe Gibbs, uh, Jim Zorn football team teams. Did not he just do anything to get his foot in the door? FedEx Field is a sponsor. I wonder what how that conversation started. Are you going a little nefarious? Uh, I mean, he's <laughs> become a head coach in the NFL, right? So like. He's risen to a point where real football people have had to believe in him. So whatever. I mean, you know, doors open for people in different ways. I'm not uh I'm not mad at it. Joe Bugle. God, Arthur Smith is an ugly guy. Just, you know, I, I can I, just need some I, sun. I, I would say this. Yeah, I mean, North Carolina grad assistant, defensive quality control. He left in oh he did get fu- I mean clearly he got fired or something because he was out of football a year and then was a defensive intern administrative assistant at Ole Miss in 2010. So it wasn't easy for him. Wow. Came up the hard way, guy. Somehow was somehow we went seven and ten last year, which I think is a little underrated how shitty they were. Do you know the name of the Ole Miss Academic Support Center? Uh Patrick Willis. The FedEx Student Athlete Academic Support Center. I'm a, I'm a fucking detective, man. <laughs> Do you think FedEx has benefited his life? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it has. Now maybe that came later. It looks like they named it that in nineteen. Well, he was there they, in ten. Yeah, they named it that in nineteen. So maybe unrelated. Maybe, Maybe he had a really good time there. All I know is this about was, it. if this was a detective show on HBO, they'd be like, put it on the board. They he does have – do you know what crazy uh, stat about Arthur? What? Nine siblings. Wow. So say what you want about his dad, uh, who's CEO of FedEx, or was. I think he still is. Founder? Forever. Founder? Yeah, created the whole thing. Uh Guy did pump out some kids. 
Well, you know what they say about a man with a lot of kids. You got to give him the credit. You know, it's... no, nobody says that. Well, he does deserve credit. You, you, if you're gonna have nine children, you got to be able to support them. Yeah. Well, it's, it's easier to go big family when you uh, got a plane for everybody. He's one of these. I mean, this guy is not a ride off into the sunset CEO. I mean, no. seventy-seven years old, and he's still the CEO. That's just. I. I mean, I would have. I know. Had a hell of a run. I, I'd, I I don't know what I'd be doing, but I don't know if I'd be doing that. Just spending all your time with your grandkids, maybe? Pretty decorated individual. Silver star, bronze star, multiple purple hearts, obviously in the Marine Corps, created uh, FedEx. Like He's, he's accomplished some things in life. When you founded the company, I bet it's pretty hard to just walk away from it, right? Probably, yeah. Like, what am I going to do? Watch my son coach the Falcons? <laughs> Everybody got the same mom? Does it say? one Nine kids, just one family? Um, no, it looks like he's a couple, couple moms. Okay. Married 69 to 77, but didn't get married again to 06. Wow. So I'd say Deanne Smith in 06 hit the jackpot. I'd be stunned if she's his age. She wasn't you- shocked when she found out about it. I don't think he... Surprised her on their fourth date with uh, money. Yeah, Diane Smith. He has ownership with the commanders. Uh, I mean, his wife actually looks a little older. She's she's not like she's 40. Uh, A couple uh, YouTube comments, John. Michael on the stream says, never watched you guys live before. Just liked and subscribed. Appreciate you. Thanks, Michael. Great to have you. Uh, great to have you on board. Uh, cool, nice man says we all clown the spreadsheet, but then we talk about camp stats and reference the spreadsheet. Let's be very clear. Haberman and Milkoff do not clown the spreadsheet. Use it. I, I wish I was that organized, honestly, with stuff like that. I don't. You. Right. We looked over and you're like, I think he's entering in the spreadsheet right now on his phone. I thought it. Yeah. Which he wasn't. He told us he writes it down and then puts it in later but he is he is a digital age guy i would say most of the uh the big j reporters out there pen but he has a paper he does have a notepad too oh he does we should do breakdowns of how everybody i actually am very interested in how people organize their thoughts their notes that kind of thing well especially because if you're going to come out in your article and be really detailed about everything like sometimes i kind of just peek just scribble scrabble everywhere i was like how do you keep track of all this GT on the stream says, never subscribe before. Just watch live because of the algorithm. Yeah, we, Whatever. We don't, we don't want your sub, GT. Frank says, Adam Rank in the chat. Where's he at? Who's Adam Rank? Uh, NFL Network. You remember he got famous? Not got famous. Niner fans give him a lot of shit because a few years ago. Uh, he, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Took the I, Niners to win two games. You know Adam Rank. You've seen him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, John Hollinger picked the Warriors to go like 39 and 44. You know, it happens. Things happen. If you if you make predictions, you're bound to be wrong. Uh, Craig on the stream says, any surprises for you guys on the first depth chart from today? You see, Q- Jimmy? QB4. <laughs> did you see Kyle justification? I did not. What did Kyle well, say? Maybe he didn't say it. Someone... Maybe Mayoko wrote it like, guys, you know, I mean, they legally were obligated to put it like he's technically on the team. You couldn't. They had to put him somewhere. You know, it was like, why are they even doing it like this? Well, they couldn't just put him at a kicker or they couldn't omit him. He's on the roster. He counts right now 
like he's a night he's one of their 90 guys right they have 90 guys technically on the roster whatever their number is it could be 89 88 he's one of those you know it's not like he's just in his own world he's he's technically on the team i saw him today i actually took video that i'm not allowed to post just because i'm like i kind of want to document this just him making a couple throws. I mean, same throws he always makes. Just there just, with those couple looking for- little white guys, the interns that uh, got to be texting their friends. Like, do you know what I do? It fucking my job. Yeah, I'm, I'm supposed to work in the equipment room, but they say, hey, at you know, ten o'clock, I got to be out on the field every day to catch Jimmy Garoppolo's passes. Somebody just said they dropped the hammer in the chat. Said they just dropped the hammer on Deshaun. Is that true? See, guy, I don't believe it. NFL Commissioner Rog Goodell explains the league's decision to pursue a one-year suspension, but that's not actually dropping the hammer on him. Yeah. Hold on. Let me just search real Schefter. Who, who, who would want to mislead me in a chat? That doesn't seem. Yeah, you can't you can't let this chatters. Per source, the uh, fear that the Browns receiver Jakeem Grant might have suffered an Achilles tear today. That's Schefter's last uh, retweet. McVay, I guess, announced that he signed his extension. Deshaun Watson suspended 10 years, according to the Shills. I think that's fake. I don't know, but I think that might be fake. One thing I that Florio wrote, and I heard some people talking about it, is that one thing the league might do is fine him $10 million, even if they gave him 12 games. So basically, like last year, like you're not just getting the $10 million from last year. It's almost like a it's a way to damage him from last year because really this year, honestly, if he missed the whole season, what a, a million dollars. I I still don't believe that if the league does suspend him a year that they would appeal it and potentially start playing this year because if you miss games next year, I did the math. If you make forty five million dollars and there's seventeen games a season, that's two point six million dollars per game. So every game he were to miss next year would be worth. million just the first game worth more than his total this year all season. So if he did, let's say he even appealed and got it down to 12 next year, be a lot of money worth of uh, worth of game checks. Yeah. Why would you risk that? I don't know. Uh, This story, I don't know. Goodell must be speaking somewhere. We've seen the evidence. She was very clear about the evidence. She reinforced the evidence. There were multiple violations that were egregious, and it was predatory behavior. He addressed uh, Tuesday, blah, blah, blah. Where, why is he talking today? Maybe uh, a Broncos ownership announcement? Yeah, to me, that's... Florio said it today. All right. How about Utah? Seventh in the coach's poll? Or sixth? See the that? Utes. Just behind A&M. Th- there was one beyond egregious, like... You just can't. If they went five, and you can't put Texas to like fourteen. You just can't. I mean, can the guy that every, finished every five and seven year? But I, I, there are some years like if they go seven and five, and you go kind of project. Okay, they went five and seven, five and seven, five and seven. I, even A and M, you'd be like, well, it's still a projection, right? They went eight and four last year, but at least they nailing recruiting. They're trending. Jimbo, I don't know, has won. Like you, Sark's one had one, I Googled his record yesterday, one season, and it was uh, Nine I wins? think it's at SC. It's for, oh, wasn't it Washington? He didn't win, he didn't a winning season at Washington. Well, he did, but he never won more than eight games there and several seven game win seasons. Gotcha. But this is notion 
Like it's one thing. Well, how do you project the USC? I don't know. Their coach has a resume of winning. <laughs> what? It's like I, I don't know. Lincoln wins. This guy. They've been a preseason top twenty-five team five years in a row. University of Texas. This is the sixth year in a row they're a preseason top twenty-five team. Now that's the AP. I only have the AP in front of me, so we'll see. The AP poll comes out. Yeah, and the uh, coaches is, next week. It, isn't the coaches where Steve Spurs always back when he coached admitted he always put Duke in there because they gave him his first job. Oh, is that yeah? Most coaches do not even vote, so that would actually be more impressive. By he Spurs. did because he said Duke always went in his uh, uh, preseason poll because they hired him at you know it was his first coaching job or something. He felt obligated. That was and it was like yeah, I kind of get it. Uh, I have no problem with that. He takes it just as seriously as most coaches. Yeah. But I don't know. Uh, Utah Utah plays uh, Florida week one, so. Billy Napier. If Utah doesn't win and look at the crowd and do this, they're crazy. I agree. Um. Any other depth? Oh, somebody asked depth chart. I mean, Spencer, to actually answer the question, Spencer Burford, no surprise, right right guard. Uh, now, it's not like Kyle Shanahan sits down and fills this thing out, right? This is PR staff fills out. It's it's out because they play a game this week is the reason that the depth chart comes out. Well, the, every team in the league then has put their two deep out within the next 24 hours, right? Yeah. Is, I, honestly, I didn't even look. Is, is Banks the left guard? Uh, yes. And then... Uh, Brendel or Brunskill? Brent, Brendel at center. And Brunskill's a backup? Uh, yeah. So you know, like all those guys are a locks to make the team, <laughs> right? Obviously, Banks is, Brendel is, Burford is a lock. I mean, hell, he's going to start, I think. Feels that way, unless he mm-hmm. shits the bed. And, and Brunskill's going to kind of be the backup swing. Yeah. Which is, you know... You know, he went from being a starter to a backup. Kind of sucks. It's like, hey guys, remember me? Started Super Bowl, uh, NFC Championship. You guys remember all this, all those games? <laughs> now I'm just your backup. Drake Jackson, number two on the depth chart. Pretty NFL NFL comes at you fast. Like Brunskill was just, I always thought was just pretty solid, functional. Boom, draft one guy in the fourth round. He's just a backup. It's just, it's a league, man. That just boom. But it's not like Brunskill had been like a solidified no, no, NFL. No, no. I mean, he was in the AAF. But my point is, if you're him, he's like, I'm starting on one of the better teams in the league. I'm a starter. And then it's just over. He'll probably never be a starter again, beside injuries, which can happen at any moment. But this is what I said about interior offensive linemen, why I wasn't. We'll see how good Banks is. You could find Burfords all day long in the fourth and fifth round. Like that could just be your guards and centers, but you can't like, but you, you know, for every one you hit, you miss on three or I two. Say three, yeah. I mean, I, I'm just saying they've been drafting offensive linemen here, right? Aaron and, Banks, and a lot of those, and a lot of those Moore. guys, but a lot of those guys have played. Yeah, McKevich or whatever, you know, filled in at Kivitz, Yeah, tackle last year. He'll be starting probably at left tackle on Friday night. Yeah, not probably. I mean, unless you know, unless you want to get Trent Williams a bunch of reps. That probably won't happen. <laughs> Would you guess Rodgers makes a trip? Aaron Rodgers? Like, do you think they bring a lot of their core guys? I and mean, that's a pretty long trip for a preseason game, just to have them sit on the sideline. I don't know. I, I 
It wouldn't shock me if those guys aren't traveled. But I would have said this, I guess, Derek and all those guys for the Hall of Fame game. But part of it was like they got to go to the Hall of Fame. You know, that game's a little different, I think, than some kind of feels like new coach. You kind of. Do you think Aaron Rodgers on the sideline if you had to bet right now? No. You kind of feels like they leave him. Yeah. If you told me like Randall Cobb, him, Bakhtiari, bunch of the defensive guys. If you told me LaFleur brings like 48 guys, I'd believe you. And they just play the majority of the game. You think we get a LaFleur, Kyle embrace? Been a little salty, a little, you know. Hasn't quite been the same. Rogers started it. It wasn't like Kyle made this up out of thin air. I mean, Rogers the one that threw it out there. What was Kyle supposed to do? It's like, hey, uh, Michael Jordan said he's open to leaving the Bulls. Like, he wants to come to the Knicks. Was it the Knicks' fault? Like, for like, hey, we'd be interested. <laughs> what were they supposed to say no? But it got weird. And then they beat him, kind of ruined his season. I don't know. That'll be interesting. Do we get a LaFleur Kyle? Preseason's an easy time to shake hands. And it's an easy time to kind of bullshit, too. Like, is it crazy if there's a shot of them, like, talking, hugging? You know, like, an hour before the game. It's like talking life. Like, how's your squad looking? Because you just be ta- you wouldn't be talking about, like, Rodgers. Or- You'd be talking about, like, random guys. Like, yeah, man, we got this. We, we love this undrafted free agent. Yeah, we liked him, too. It's a lot of that crap. Hey, Jordan Love looking good. <laughs> how you feeling about the- how you feeling about your guy? <laughs> yeah, not great. I mean, they salvage it with Aaron. If they had had to trade Aaron or Aaron had retired over that, it would go down as one of the worst picks in NFL history. I mean, it doesn't – it'd be interesting to see how much he plays Friday. I mean, they got two two other quarterbacks, right? Him and the guy from LSU. So he's going to play a lot. Well, there's going to – Been only yeah. four years, I've, I've seen him th- – I've hardly seen him throw the football. No one – yeah, he's just – he's kind of a mystery man. I'm kind of excited to watch Sudfeld and Purdy. I'm kidding. Don't worry. We'll hold that thought for our uh, preseason preview coming up on Wednesday. We actually have some mailbag questions to get to. We have two shave it or save it submissions. I don't know if you're aware of that. Want to do that tomorrow? Yeah. we. Can. I mean, we're going to go to practice again, so who knows? Like, it just yeah. practice fills up the uh, – the old notebook fills up pretty quickly. Roquan Smith – John could be traded any minute now or never. <laughs> you think him and the McCaskies are going to sit down and plot the future of the Bears franchise? Did, did you tell him he doesn't have it? He represents himself. Is that you, that's correct? Represents himself. Was it on his duty to reach out to ownership? <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but he's at practice, so. Yeah. Can he do the uh, the uh, uh, Watt brother? Like, I'm going to walk in and just sit down face-to-face with the owner and get the job done, get the well, deal he dropped, done? He, he, you always got to drop this when you're about to drop the hammer of, like, I've had enough. I I just want everyone to know I wanted to be a Chicago Bear for life. <laughs> you, you always got to drop that, for life. Well, did you read his statement? Uh, I skimmed the first page, the second page. I read the McCaskey thing. We need to figure this out. I'm offended type deal. Yeah, I, there was. I didn't read the whole thing because it was one of those. My favorite thing on the internet is always the same. Like, I'm sorry that happened to you, or congratulations, but too long. I didn't read it. Yeah. Um, but then I heard somebody talking about it, and I think he said, "Yeah, I dreamed of playing like Wilbur Marshall, 
Singletary, Briggs, Urlacher, Butkus. Since the dad was drafted, I vowed to play this. I mean, it's like he is. Now he's out there just trying to get paid too. Like he wants them to pay him. But he's but it, dropping the keywords. It's pretty clear this guy. Like there is something to this guy, right? Where he just he does have a lot of the qualities of just a franchise cornerstone. People, I I know people that were obviously there, no longer there. They they loved him. Like he's good, you know. I, pretty smart to drop those names, right? I wanted to be Dick Butkus. I wanted to be Brian Urlach. I mean, that's all the Bears ever have—just defense. So you you play to their you play to their heartstrings, you know. Uh, Josh on the stream says, "Wow, y'all literally didn't do any research about Burks and made a video on a wrong report from NBC." If you spent time and read training camp reports, you'd see that Burks has been good. That was Haberman. So yeah, there was a um, uh, false report. Uh, Roto World, a Roto World aggregation from a report that said that he's been running with the twos and threes in practice. Uh, is that port, is that report not true? That that was my research. Was reading the report. Was reading the synopsis from Roto World. Yeah. I don't apologize for that being my research. But um, is that not true? I'm yeah. not opposed to. Uh, if that's not correct, then we rely on alleg- aggregators. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I like somebody was like, "You're going to take the L on Traylon Burks." Like honestly, I was the one. We've you and I talked a lot about it. Like, would the Niners, if they had to trade Debo, be able to replace him with this guy? And my whole point was, if they had done that deal and he was running with the twos and the threes after you traded Debo to run with that guy and have him replace Debo, it would be a mass. It'd be one of the biggest stories in the NFL right now. Um, so that's that's the story. But I don't. I'll uh, I'll check some more reports. The, that Roto World. Are you telling me I cannot trust Roto World? The NBC article was wrong. Mike Herndon, who replied to the article, I don't, I'm not sure, is Mike the reporter? I don't know. Said he's been good throughout camp. Hmm. You remember Titan fans? They, I once called Mariota Alex Smith, and I, you would have thought that I called for an insurrection. They came after me with uh, unbridled anger and passion to call me the biggest idiot ever. And it turns out that Marcus Mariota would have sold his left nut to be as good as Alex Smith. Yeah, I was going to say, it turns out you were wrong. I was wrong. He Alex was much better. <laughs> much better. <laughs> it really is crazy when you make a comparison that is, you know, you just got like, I, you know, it, it's just, I heard, was it DJ or Clat or one of those guys compared CJ Stroud a little bit to like Dwayne Haskins, I think. You know, if you just do the wrong comparison, you know, hey, this guy reminds me of Mac Jones. Like, if your comparison isn't to a top five player, like, yeah, I think this guy can be the next Josh Allen. If it ain't that, they're coming for you. It's like, yeah, this guy's the next Kirk Cousins. What the fuck? Like, you know, Kirk Cousins is through 36 touchdowns. <laughs> no one likes to be every – that's why everybody, when they're like, who – you know, who are you like? It's like, oh, I'm a mix of Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Yeah, what's your game like? Well – I shoot it like Curry. I dunk it like Shaq. And uh, I can fly like Dr. J. It's like, I'm a mogul like MJ. (laughs) You're going in the second round. Yeah, I want my brand to be a mixture of Tiger Woods and Michael. It's like, Jesus Christ, no one even knows your name, buddy. These guys are just, but the fans, Titans fans have an underrated, like, I think because a lot of them probably are, have like an SEC mindset. So they just, they're passionate, right? It's a big deal. And you watch this year, everyone's going to be picking against them. Hell, I am. 
But I've picked against them the last couple of years, and they just keep winning the division. Uh, I'm picking against them for sure. What's uh, yeah. Oh, did we mention this one play? Did you mention the uh, the the um, uh, Drake Jackson play? No. Talk about a, a learning the NFL moment. Hard to tell we were behind the play, but basically Drake Jackson playing left defensive end, rushing upfield. Um, Willie Sneed, the receiver, was lined up on the other side of the formation. Like somehow ended up coming around. I don't think he was lead blocking, but somehow he's coming around behind the line of scrimmage. And Drake Jackson's looking straight ahead, maybe breaking down for the running back, or I don't Willie Sneed comes out of nowhere and just takes him off the ground. Willie, we stood by him, not the biggest guy. Oh my God. I mean, it was an incredible, it was the biggest hit I've seen of Niners camp so far. Probably up there with the hit that Fred Warner might have been bigger than the hit Fred Warner put on uh, whoever the guy was at six. Watkins? Yeah, John, no, it wasn't yeah. six. Johnson, I think. Johnson, that he concussed. Um, Marcus Johnson, yeah, number six. So uh, it was a humongous hit. And Drake Jackson ended up on the ground for about four seconds before he popped up. And he popped up. But it was, that was, a I would imagine, a moment that probably uh, an older NFL veteran defensive end might have been more ready for. It's quite a moment. Yeah, you just fucking Willie Sneed. You, you think that guy's just coming here to be a body? Or you think he's trying to show Kyle, like, I can make this team? I keep an eye on Willie Sneed. Yeah. All right. Um, anything else? To, oh, Liv. I'm seeing a bunch of tweets in my timeline uh, from Kyle Porter. Some li- live lawsuit going on right now in San Jose. They get overruled. You know, it's uh, it's hard to tell. Um, he did have a quote from the judge saying, "These live contracts lock up these players and wage the PGA Tour never imagined. They are so restrictive." Apparently, the live lawyer called the three guys: uh, Gooch, Matt Jones, and Hudson Swafford. These three poor kids, they've made a combined $36 million in their careers. Oh, that's why someone tweeted in my timeline before we hopped on. Like, I'm pretty sure Matt Jones is 42 years old. <laughs> Just feels like a kid. Yeah. I, I just want to know when it ends, you know, which is clearly they're going back and forth. It's not it's not a one day thing, is it? Or well, today, today is a speeded injunction to let these guys play. It's about the three guys playing in the FedEx playoffs Thursday. So there is a chance. Oh, I got you. The judge could rule that Taylor Gooch, Matt Jones and Swafford are allowed to play in the playoffs starting. Even DJ and guys and Bryson that were in the top 125 just said they're out. <laughs> they don't even care. These guys told Liv they wanted to sue to try to play. That's what's going on here. So, like, because they guys, might make, if they were to win the FedEx Cup, they'd make more money than Liv is paying them, potentially? Yeah, or even, no, but just make some extra cash. Like, these guys, you know, like you said, they made a combined $36 million, but you factor in caddy, you factor in taxes. Like, that's not that. Like, relative, these guys are still trying to earn some cash. Like, to DJ, right. he's like, I'm not fucking going to these three playoff events. Yeah. Right? But yeah. I bet to Gooch, Gooch goes, I was... I don't know, whatever he was in the list, 40th, 50th. Like, he was relatively high. <laughs> you know, I, I, what if he's like, well, what if I could win a couple million more dollars? Right. They did it in San Jose for a reason, though. I mean, it's pretty pro-employee last time I checked in California. Like, why wouldn't they do this in Texas or Florida? You know, they didn't want to risk it. To yeah. me, they came to California specifically. Yeah, yeah. They're like uh, they're, them and Uber drivers. I mean, they're basically, 
The thing though is like the government the same told the Uber drivers like we want you to be full employees, and the Uber right. drivers like no, like leave me alone. Yeah, we want to get you healthcare. It's like no, I want to pay for it myself because I want to drive. Just whenever you meet an Uber driver, you're like, how long you been driving? They're like, you know, since uh, three in the morning. Their, their times are whenever you get their times. Like how long you been on call? You know, they're picking you up for you know like an airport run at like five thirty in the morning. They're like, I've been driving last night since seven o'clock. Sometimes like my shift's just starting. Well, it's like you're creating the shift. Did I tell you about my moral dilemma with the Uber driver? Have I mentioned that? No. Short version, coming back from LA, calling Uber, it's hot. It's like 82 degrees. The AC in this thing is out. The car is the shittiest Uber I've ever been in. It's a Prius, but it is, the roof is peeling. It is dirty. It's just soot all over the vehicle. And at some point, at one point, the guy's like putting his hand on the vents. The vents are blowing only hot air and it's a 30 minute drive and it's hot as shit. And I felt really conflicted. Like, clearly he doesn't he needs this this job to help. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't have the money to get a better car. So I don't want to give him a shitty review because I don't want Uber to like shut him down. But at the same time, I don't want somebody else to jump in that car. 82 degrees with bat, with only heat coming through the vents. I ultimately didn't rate him because I, I could not – I didn't want to give him five stars, but I didn't want to fuck up his – Not his, totally. His no human being doesn't want their AC to work, right? Yeah. I mean, like that's one thing. The car being dirty, whatever, but well, – One thing I've done, and I don't claim to be um, – The window was down. I'm, I'm not some elitist here. I, I no longer do the cheaper Ubers. I, I tend Uber to black. go – no, I go like, you know, there's Uber, just the most basic one. And then there's one that's just, it's just a couple dollars cheaper. It's like Uber XL, just a bigger car. It's typically a newer car. I have noticed that. But it's always like a Suburban or something. No, no, no. This is just, it's just a more of a, like you can get picked up in a Prius. Right. I'm only getting picked up like cars like Teslas and stuff now. And it's just a little bit more expensive. So whatever the cheapest one is, there is just the next level one. Because like sometimes if you had your golf clubs, let's say, or a huge bag, it would not fit in some of the cars that pick you up on the cheapest, right? Right. So a couple times I've just had to pick the next level up. Again, not the black or not the Suburbans, just the full compact size car that can always fit my golf clubs. And I realized it's only a couple extra bucks because sometimes it's hit or miss. Like AC's out, it's just uncomfortable. And it's like if you're going anything farther than like here to downtown to go to a bar downtown to meet someone that's five minutes where you don't totally care. If I'm going on an airport run, I don't want to be uncomfortable. You know, it's just, especially early in the morning or like it, it gets, puts you in a bad headspace. Then you're all flustered. I'm telling you little trick, just go the slightly more expensive. Typically if, if I the, just assumed it was much more expensive. No, it's not. If it's like $30, it's usually like 36. Oh. And historically you would always just go take the, Uber, you know, go the cheapest. I'm telling you it makes a, it makes a huge difference. And I have consistently in that got Teslas and you just got so much space. So cold back there. Like this is awesome. That, that's, that's an elitist move I've made that has paid off. And really it's not even that much more. I promise you, you'll never look back. Next time you do it, just whatever the Checking cheapest right is, now. just do the next. I think it's just XL. I pay. I did pay like seven extra dollars for them to come fast, <laughs> like show up immediately. I think you're. I, I'm telling you, you, you start utilizing that move, the XL, slightly bigger car, and you never ever. 
Yeah, like some- right now, if I wanted to go to the city, it'd be thirty. It'd be thirty nine dollars and ninety five cents in a regular Uber, which could easily be a shitty Prius that's broken and you're screwed, right and hot. Uber XL forty eight dollars and fifty seven cents. So basically, I'll promise you, eight and a half dollars more. Go the XL route from here on out. The rest of your life, you will not be disappointed. I'll promise you, you'll never get into an AC predicament again, or you never get into the car that like has plastic everywhere. It's like, what is going on in this thing? You know, I, 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 I had one too many of those experiences, and I, I, I can never go back. I, I, I see why. Especially if you're expensing it or writing it off, it doesn't even matter. Yeah. But I promise, even if you had to come out of pocket for it, the eight extra dollars for the cold AC and the windows up, it's, it's worth Good it. tip. Good tip, Middlecoff. Good tip. All right. I got some, um, I got to go read some Titans practice reports, John. So I will catch you all later. Later. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.